You're listening to the Health Smut Podcast. I'm Dottie Dynamo, sexy worker, burlesque dancer, and the stripper health coach at Fit Show Girl. The health, fitness, and adult entertainment industries are full of dirty diet culture, and I'm here to help you strip it all away so you can quit picking apart your body, dominate the weight room, and build a healthier hustle. Welcome back, all of my favorite professional naked people. We are back with another episode of Health Smut today, and we are talking about why your eating patterns are fucked, right? Patterns, habits, whatever you want to call it. I'm sure that something specific comes to mind when I say eating habits, right? Whether you're thinking about your inability to eat consistently throughout the day, your inability to manage to eat healthy without just getting fed up with it and having to stop. Um, Maybe you think about the fact that you eat dinner in front of the TV every night. Maybe that didn't come to mind until right now, right? But if you are here, one of the reasons that you are here is because you are trying to be healthier. You're trying to take better care of your body, but you keep crashing and burning and you just can't figure out why the fuck it's happening or what the fuck to do, right? So we're going to get into some juicy shit today about your eating patterns and, like I said, why they're fucked. So let's get right into it. First off, you are so disconnected from your body that you aren't aware of when you're hungry and when you're full right? For so long, we have been taught to follow a calorie count or to track our macros or to only eat three meals a day or to eat six small meals a day, like whatever it is, right? Whatever thing that you have subscribed to in the past, we all have different ones. Some of us have tried them all unsuccessfully and it's because they're not sustainable, right? All of these different tactics, these different strategies that have been thrown on us from every direction, um, all stemming from diet culture, they're not sustainable. And all they have taught us are disordered eating patterns. And the biggest thing that comes out of that is that we learned not to trust our own body's innate hunger and fullness cues. So what do I mean? What I'm saying is How often do you go through the day, right? And you aren't really aware that you're hungry. You don't really know what that feels like in your body. But you know that you get hangry, right? You are a hangry bitch. You go from zero to fucking hangry in a second flat, right? And that comes from the fact that over time, we have been told not to eat or You've already eaten too much. So when you hear or you feel, right, that little pinch in your stomach that's starting to be hungry or you start to feel your brain not completely working all the way, you start to get a headache, you start to get tired, whatever, however hunger originally showed up for you, you're no longer connected with that sensation, right? Because you have tried to mute it so many times in the past. Same thing goes for your fullness, right? So often 
and put up your hand. I don't care where you are right now. Put up your hand if this is you. When you eat, you don't stop when you're satisfied. You keep eating until you are so uncomfortably full because either it was so good you couldn't stop eating because you shoveled everything in your fat in your face hole so fast that your body didn't have time to register that it was hungry. So you went and got more food. And by the time you were done with that second bowl of food, you were like uncomfortably full, right? So these, this is number one. Number one of why your eating patterns are fucked. Because you don't know how to tune into that innate sensation of hunger and fullness, How do we kind of get back on track there? Well, just like when your body tells you you need to go to the bathroom, you just go to the bathroom. You don't go, oh, well, you know, I had to pee like an hour ago and I'm not supposed to pee again for like four more hours, so I'm not going to pee. No, when your body tells you you need to use the restroom, you use the restroom. You don't question it. I know it's scary to think about that in terms of food, right? Like, oh, my body's telling me I'm hungry but I just ate a little while ago. And if I eat again, like, well, what does that mean about myself? Does that mean that I can't control myself around food? Does that mean that I'm not good? Does that mean that my body might change? And if my body might change, what does that mean? Like there's so many ways that this can spiral, right? Same thing goes for our inability to know our hung, to know our fullness. How often do you eat a meal And you stop eating when you're just full, when your body just feels comfortable. Do you question that? Do you question, should I eat more? Because your idea, what you've built up in your head of being full is that sort of uncomfortable feeling that that is what fullness is. That is not actually fullness. Or is it the opposite for you? You have trained yourself to undereat right, in the sort of quest for a body ideal, that you constantly don't eat enough, that you're sort of always in this fine line of hunger, so you never trust when you're hungry, because that sensation is always there. Things to think about. Ponder. Notice the next time you eat, right? This next meal that you eat, I want you to take your time, eat slowly, before you immediately jump up to get seconds, take five or 10 minutes. Let your body process. Let those signals go from your brain to your digestive center and digestive center to your brain to register and acknowledge if you're hungry or not. Second reason why your eating patterns are fucked. You use food as an emotional coping mechanism. This isn't your fault. Hands down, 125,000%, it is not your fault. Think about it. How many times as a kid, when you went to the doctor's office, did you get a lollipop if you didn't cry? Or they gave you a lollipop to cheer you up if you did cry? Or as a child, if you cleaned your room or did your homework, you got to have a treat? Or if you were crying, right? Or if you behaved well, you were rewarded with food. We have been taught that food comforts us and reward is a reward system for our emotions. Now, yes, food does 
have emotional properties, right? Like food does make us feel good. Inherently, it does. It is connected to cultural celebrations, to holidays, to nostalgia, right? You can eat a meal and remember, oh, my grandma used to make this and it makes me so happy to eat it. That's good. We should have those connections with food. Hands down, we should have those connections with food. That's important. The part that is not good, the part that we need to start to learn how to separate ourselves from is the, I had a fight with my partner and I'm stressed and I'm pissed off and so I'm going to bury my emotions in this bag of potato chips instead of constructively working through them, right? We have so learned to cope with our emotions through food that we abandon all other ways of dealing with our emotions. We get so uncomfortable with having emotions because we've been taught that they're annoying. I was taught that crying was the most annoying thing ever when I was growing up. And guess what? I'm a very emotional person. I cry the drop of a hat. And because I was taught that it was annoying, I, well, full disclosure, I became a cutter. That is how I learned to deal with my emotions, to try to control them, right? Some of us go that route, and I also, I paired that with food. So when you don't have these other avenues, these other outlets for your emotions, if you never learn how to reward yourself with something besides food, if you never learn how to deal with your sadness, your anxiety, your stress, your anger through other avenues other than food then you sort of just you create a cycle of always gravitating towards food when you're dealing with an emotional issue. So once again, right, this is another thing. Grab a journal, grab a piece of paper. The next time that you're going through something emotional, that there's something heavy, something sad, whatever that is in your life, what does that trigger for you? What is your immediate thought? What is it that you want to reach for? In order to undo these patterns, these habits that we've created, we have to become aware of what our triggers are. So that was number two. The next or one of the other reasons why your eating patterns are fucked is because you neglect rest and recovery. What do I mean by that? It sort of ties in to the emotions, right? We are such a hustle culture, such a hustle environment. They're always going, 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 going. We always feel as if we need to be busy. We say yes when our schedule is overloaded, but we don't take that time to chill the fuck out, to let our body rest, to take the emotional break that we need from the work that we do. When you're an entertainer, a performer, a stripper, a cam girl, whatever it is, those things are, those jobs are inherently emotionally demanding. So while if you also are performing a physically active job, your body needs rest after that, when you perform an emotionally demanding job, you need rest. You need time to zone out, to recuperate, to shut out the rest of the world. If you have issues around boundaries, setting boundaries around your time, setting boundaries around phone usage, around 
saying, I'm not available within these hours because I need to recover. My job is hard or however you need to phrase that, right? And that neglect of that rest and recovery shows up again in these eating patterns and habits because we don't prioritize rest and recovery, but yet we are striving to eat healthier or be healthier, we end up burning out, right? We work so hard. We try so hard. We try to eat the best way. We try to make sure we're working enough to make money. We go, 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 go until we face plant into a wall. You have to prioritize rest and recovery. You have to. If you're not, right, those emotional eating patterns pop back up that burnout pops back up where you end up going, well, I'm, I'm just going to order some takeout. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to order a pizza. You probably end up eating the whole thing. And then you feel shame and guilt around eating it. And then you think, well, I've fucked everything up. I've ruined everything. I, I can't ever do anything right. I can't stick to this healthy eating thing. It's just too hard. I don't have the willpower. And so you fall completely off the wagon. Whereas if you would prioritize taking time for yourself, you are less likely to burn out. Also, you might have some fat phobia. And once again, based on the industry in which you work, not surprising. Not surprising. Sad, but not surprising. Most of us, have some deep-rooted fat phobia that we are maybe not even aware of and would adamantly argue that we don't have. Adamantly, like fiercely say, I'm not fat phobic. But yet we use the terms, I feel fat to describe how we feel in our body, but fat is not a feeling. You could say, I feel bloated, I feel full, I feel heavy, But we choose the words, I feel fat. And what does that mean? Why are we so scared of being fat? Because we have been taught through white supremacy, through the patriarchy, through diet culture, which all three are very inherently linked, that the thinner body is the more worthy body. That if you work in the adult entertainment industry, and this is very, very much pushed on us by the industry itself, that you need to be thinner, you need to have forever lasting youth, right? Everlasting youth, you need to have perky tits, you need to have a slim belly, abs, a big perky ass, muscle, but not too much muscle to have the body that will have success, to have the body that is worthy, to have the body that will make you the most money. Right? Think about that for yourself. How often have your food patterns, have your food habits, have your food choices, your exercise choices, your feelings in your clothing, in your costumes, in your G-string, tied to your self-image, your self-worth, because your body has become your business card. Once again, it's not inherently your fault, but it is your responsibility to do the work to unpack it, to do the work 
to come to terms with your own fat phobia and how that is showing up in your life, how that is showing up in your self-talk, how that is showing up in the way that you choose to feed yourself, how it shows up in your all or nothing mindset, this like, I'm going on a diet, I'm going to eat healthy, I'm going to go to the gym. And then when you miss one time or you eat something that you've deemed bad or you deem something that a fat person would eat, suddenly you fucked up, you're, you're just off, you're done, you failed, you'll try again next week. Why are we so afraid of being fat? Why are we so afraid of our bodies changing? That's for you to think about. I want you to, you know, take the time, think about that. Where is this fat phobia come from? coming from? Other than, obviously, it being thrown at you at every media outlet of your life, inheriting that thought process from your parents. Where did you learn this? How does that show up in your life? How is your own fear of your body changing impacting the way that you care for yourself, the way that you eat, the way that you show up in the world? Your your food habits, right? We talked about the rest and recovery earlier. Your burnout, your need to control how you eat. That's also why your eating patterns are fucked. And girl, they are fucked. Don't even try to tell me that they're not fucked. You wouldn't be listening to this if they, if they weren't. They're fucked. You continuously, right? We I said this before, we say, yeah, right, right you're... Your schedule is so overloaded. You don't really have room in it for anything else. Yet when somebody pops up with a possible gig, with a bachelor party, somebody needs a shift to be covered at the club, or they call you and say, hey, can you come in? You say yes. You say yes. Because you haven't created boundaries around your time or your worth And then you work yourself so hard. You say yes to so many things because you know you don't get sick days. You know that the only time you're making money is when you're making money. That you burn out. And that burnout, once again, leads to choosing unhealthy life patterns in general, right? That burnout leads to needing to party. That burnout leads to drinking more. That burnout leads to days and days and days in a row of indulging in foods that are maybe more satisfying and less nourishing. That burnout leads to being less mindful about your choices. That burnout leads to feeling like you just can't do anything right. It's not a good place to be. 100% not a good place to be. Another reason why your eating patterns are fucked. It's because you talk shit to yourself. How many times just during this episode did you talk shit to yourself in your head? Did you think, oh fuck, that is so me. Oh, I so do that. Fuck, I do that. I'm the worst. Shit, I gotta get my, I have to get my shit together. We say things to ourselves that we would never, that we would never say to our friends or allow someone else to say to one of our friends ever, right? We have this inherently 
mean bitch voice in our head. And we allow her, them, to dictate the choices that we make in life. We allow that voice to dictate whether or not we succeed, whether or not we take care of ourselves, whether or not we give up completely in our pursuit of health, of happiness, of success, of joy, of love, all of it. That negative self-talk, that automatic negative thought in your head, it creates your reality. The more that you say these things to yourself, the more they become true. The more often that you can catch them, right? You catch it in the moment and you stop it. Is that easy? Oh, hell no, it is not easy. And it's not easy at all. But the more often that you can catch these thoughts as they pop up and you can go, where is the evidence behind this? Am I a failure? How, how have I failed? In what ways have I failed myself? What evidence supports this? What evidence is completely against that? Would I allow someone that I love to say or think the same things about themselves? And if not, why is it okay that I say or think these things to myself? How do I want to show up? Because if, if you really want to get out of this spiral of not thinking that you're worth taking care of, if you want to get out of this spiral of feeling like you have failed if you can't prep and cook every, every single meal every day of the week, right? we have to let go some of that control. We have to learn to trust that our bodies inherently know what's best for us. And we have to undo the shitty things that people have told us over our lives, right? Going back to that idea that I cry all the time. I'm a very emotional person. I tried to silence that part of myself for the longest time. I told myself that I was weak. I would get so angry that I couldn't control my emotions because I was taught that they were annoying. And so my inability to control them led me to create this scenario in my head in which if I cried, I was weak. And if I was weak, I wasn't worthy. And no one would want to deal with me. And I was pathetic. And so this created my own reality. And I had to unlearn these things that people told me. I had to start to recognize that my emotional sensitivity was one of my greatest strengths. That I was empathetic. That I was able to connect with other people in ways that others are not. Right? So how is that self-talk of yours? showing up? How is it impacting the way that you take care of yourself or the way that you don't? These are really big concepts to have to think about and have to face in your everyday life. And if, right, if you are who I think that you are inherently, 
you are a liberated, wild-ass, amazing woman with a good soul and a good heart who knows inherently that she is worth so much more, that she knows her worth. But unfortunately, even though she knows her worth, she's selling herself short and she still is tied up in the idea that her body needs to look a certain way to be worthy of that worth that she thinks she has. That's a big tongue twister idea or whatever, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? You know inherently that your body is not your worth, yet you're still buying into these ideas and these concepts that it is, and because of that, your eating patterns are fucked because it's all tied together. It's all tied together. So, If you got out your pen and your paper and you wrote some of these things down, good for you. Take some time, think about them, journal on them, start to notice how things pop up, right? Start to become aware of your patterns, of your triggers, of your reaction moments, of your self-talk. If you did not, open your notepad, get out a pen, get out a paper and write these things down. Go back through. Yep, you, I'm talking to you. Go back through. Listen again, find those moments, write it down. In order to unfuck the eating patterns, eating habits that we currently have, we have to understand them, right? We have to know what we're doing, what is causing us to do it in order to dig our way out of it, to get off of this hamster wheel of burnout, right? So that we can finally build and develop a healthier hustle so that you can sustain this magnificent independent life that I know is so important to you. That's it. That is what I have for you today. So thank you again for listening to this episode of Health Smut. My name is Dottie Dynamo. You can follow me on Instagram at fitshowgirl. That's F-I-T-S-H-O-G-R-R-L.com. 